0: From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast.
1: I told you, like, I, I know how to give a speech, teach a class, run a meeting, but right. podcast is completely new to me, so. Yeah. So, um.
2: Well, let's just get started. So, okay. hey, you guys, how's it going? Good to Good. see you guys. Good. Awesome. Good. So, we're here talking about tiny houses, huh? Yeah. And we've got a great big event coming up this Friday, right?
0: Yep. It's, it's the Tiny House Unconference and the Tiny House Mixer Extravac
2: Right here in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you... I know, Mark, you're going to be there. I think I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. And Michelle, you're going to be at the Unconference, right? I totally wouldn't miss it. Awesome.
1: But I got to say, this Unconference thing was something that I'd never heard of before. And um, so I went on Facebook or when I talked to people about it. I'm like, have you ever heard of an unconference before? And nobody has heard of it before. Like, Nobody's heard Not of it. one single person. And so then I explained to them, so, you know, the format is a bunch of people show up in a space, you, you brainstorm these subjects, you write them on a piece of paper, you put the piece of paper on the doors, establish a little time frame, and then people go to the session, you know, sort of impromptu session that they want to, so... I've never heard of an unconference before, neither have anybody that I talked to, but um, the cool thing was is everybody I talked to thought, oh my god, that's so cool. So I'm really excited actually to go and participate, and, and um, it, should be to- it should be really fun.
2: I've been to happen. a couple of uh, unconferences, and they've turned out to be the, the best conferences, air quotes. Uh, I've ever I've ever attended because the audience gets to decide or the attendees get to decide what the agenda is going to be which right. is probably in, in my opinion the best way to do a group 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 so to speak right Just have a bunch group of people, group. yeah nice. have a bunch of people come together and figure it out for themselves yeah. and you know the tiny house community in my experience is a pretty diverse group of people and so I bet we're going to have some great conversations going on on Friday
0: yeah if everybody has is passionate about the stuff they want to talk about and usually at conferences you know it's like or lunches or drinks afterwards or whatever when people kind of break out in smaller sessions that's the juice of a good conference that people like and that's all this is yeah. so yeah i think it'll be really exciting
2: awesome and then we got the the tiny house what's it called tiny
0: house conference mm-hmm. the, oh then the conference yeah then, then the tiny out. house conference yep is happening on saturday and sunday out by the airport and michelle's going to that as well yes yeah are you, are you speaking there
1: no, uh uh-uh. I had reached out and, and sort of talked to him and offered my, uh, offered my... Him is... Uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Ryan, the organizer. Right, right. so I reached out to him and said, hey, if you're looking for speakers, um, but I think by the time I reached out to him, um, he'd already sort of booked all his speakers, and I'm, and because I'm starting in tiny houses, I'm relatively unknown, and so I think that was probably part of it, too, so no, I'm not going to speak, but that's probably good, too, because, uh... My first tiny house conference, I I'll be a little bit more passive and, and watching, taking notes of what everybody else does and to make sure that when I speak at the Jamboree in August, um, that I'll have a much better idea of how things how things should work at a conference. So right. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be kinda like a marathon tiny house weekend. I think it's going to be by the time Monday rolls around, I just, can I go back to work and just do something
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be cool. The, the first This is going to be the first big tiny house, or nationally recognized tiny house, in, in the capital of tiny, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you, you would have thought that would have been the case uh, out of the gate, that Portland would have held its first the Yeah, first you warm. would have
0: thought. Well, I think that, that where it happened... Um, I think some of the Portland Tiny House community was there as presenters last year. Oh, so I th- they, they were the first ones. Yeah, so I think okay. D was there and Lena was there, and, and, and Portland tiny people were there. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, were. at the, the Tiny House Mixer this Friday night, um, Dee Williams is going to be there and celebrating the release of her book, The Big Tiny In Paperback. Oh, the mixer—that's right. There's yeah. the, that's in between yeah. the unconference and the conference, exactly. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's
2: going to be a big event over at. Uh... That's
0: a caravan, tiny house hotel. Right, right. Uh, There's—it's already they've had to close down registrations at 250 people, and then there'll be as many as you know, 80 to 100 of us. will be walking up from the unconference to that event as well, too. So it's going to be a line to get in the tiny houses, I have yeah. a feeling.
2: Cole and Deb really uh, kicked it off with that first tiny house hotel in the country, or in the world, probably. In probably. the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was a smart move on their part to get ahead of that curve.
1: Well, and, and they both, I mean, all three events have a fair amount of press. You know, yep. um, what was it, Business Week? Business Week um, featured the Unconference and the Mixer, and Pad has a huge, you know, presence in the media. Yeah. Um, Shelter Wise has a big, pre, you know, presence in the media, so... Yeah. Quite a bit of media attention, so not just the tiny housers, but I think we'll probably get a fair amount of looky-loos as well, um, or to, to the extent that they can. Have you read Dee's book?
0: You know, actually, I bought it. I don't, it want, I I don't mean to put you on no, the no. spot here. I, I bought uh, it. I bought it before it was even released. I pre-ordered it. I got it. I got it delivered in my house. I went out. Uh, and had a, a vertical cities meeting, which is kind of about tall houses <laughs> in a way. Um, and I gave it away before I read it, and I haven't reordered it yet. Oh,
2: okay. So.
1: Cool.
0: sounds like you read it.
1: I have, I have, and to be perfectly honest, um, I wasn't at all kind of what I expected. So it was really good. It was really delightful, um, comparative to what I expected. Um, Dee is such a powerhouse, you know, in the tiny house world, and she has so much presence but at the same time she's also very humble and so I didn't expect her book really to be as vulnerable as it was um, and so that was really I mean it's really the story it's not really even about tiny right. houses necessarily it's just kind of the story right. of her life and and how tiny houses fit into them and so I related to that on a lot of different levels and it kind of gave me a whole new appreciation. Because I had met her before she wrote the book, and I knew a fair amount about her. Right. So I devoured the whole thing in probably a matter of hours in one sit-down. So hmm. it, it's very interesting, though. It's it's really cool to learn something that in-depth about someone that you already know.
2: Right. I think it really has kicked off the, the essence of what the Tiny House Movement is about, which is connecting people's lives connecting to their, their dwelling in a way that's never really been done before, where people are putting their heart and soul and character into the place, kind of like you're doing, Michelle, with your tiny house. And so um, Dee has really set the pace with regard to marrying the culture of tiny house with the actual structure itself, I think.
1: And so many, you know, there's a lot of debate and questions and, and people on the internet and on Facebook, and they're like, well, why don't you just buy an RV? Right. And... It's because tiny house people and Dee and myself and tiny house people are connected to their tiny house. Even if you don't build it yourself um, like I am or like Dee or like, you know, even if you're not a builder, you're still really connected to the house. Like every single tiny house, there is absolutely nothing cookie cutter about tiny houses. We're connected to them. We're intrinsically tied to their design and their functionality. And you just can't get that, you know, from an RV, and you just can't get that from, um, I think, um, just from, again, a cookie-cutter kind of neighborhood suburban house. So It's,
2: it's interesting because the, the, the there are people out there who are wanting to capitalize on the tiny house momentum by trying to do, like, model homes or uh, uh, create units that can be created Multiple units McDonald's. very quickly, right, right. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it's it. There's this kind of tension going on, isn't there, between the the p- purists, let's call them people who who build tiny houses as one-offs, you know, specifically unique to the character of the person who's building it. And then there's people who are trying to build a business around it that want to build like constrain uh, their offerings to two or three models, like maybe tiny uh, tumbleweed, for example, right. But but tumbleweeds doing really good with their models, and so is Four Lights Tiny Houses with the. uh, There's
0: room for those. I mean, I see an analogy as a comparison as to people that are into log homes. A lot of people like to build their own log homes. They Mm -hmm. like to design them. They think about them for years. Mm -hmm. A lot of them do build them themselves. Although it's obviously a little bit more challenging because it's an actual, you know, real sized home, um, but or full size home, Um, and. But most people don't buy log cabin kits. Right. That's kind of the antithesis of what they really want. Right. They they When you have a log home and you go in one, I mean, it's a whole experience that people have and that they share that, that I have a feeling is, again, very similar to the tiny home movement.
1: Well, the way to make money at producing houses, you know, the mobile home industry, obviously, in the RV industry, the way to make money doing it is... You know, to set up your machinery so that it cuts all your lumber for twenty-five houses in right. one in one fell swoop. You know, so it'll be interesting, I think, to see going forward. Um, there's a couple houses. There's a there is a mobile. There is a manufactured house um, company that actually recently just brought the floor plans for Andrew and Gabriella's home. H O M E was the name of their design, and so they're actually taking their floor plan and, and producing it in 16, 18, 20, 22, and 24-foot models. And so it'll be very interesting to see how well that works. Um, taking an existing tiny house, you know, producing them as manufactured homes, and yet still, hopefully, being able to offer that personalized sort of touch. But for people like me, I, I just have to get my hands dirty. I, I'm That wouldn't even appeal to me. I think even if I had the money... Um, to build my own tiny house, um, or to pay someone to build it, I still think I would just, I'd probably drive them nuts because I'd just
2: be in the middle of it. So <laughs> this is the curious thing about the tiny house movement, right? Is that is that the core of the movement seems to be people who want to build their own homes, but then there's people who are interested in living in a tiny house but feel they don't have the skills or the time or the money to build their own. And so it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the tiny house movement kind of incorporates or or. Uh, invites those people into the, the community, if possible, and um, that that home design. I, I remember seeing that online. That's a beautiful tiny house. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a really, really smart fun. one to, to yeah. try and create a cookie cutter yeah. approach to because right. it's
1: so nice and it's really really stunning. And I think I think the tiny house movement's success or failure in bringing people into the tiny house movement really is going to be how much might sound backwards, but like how much can we build everyone's. Build people's um, confidence level and like some people. A lot of people come into the Chinese house movement. They've never swung a hammer. They've never towed a trailer. They don't even know, and so they start with this vision, and then they have to work themselves backwards. So, myself and and a lot of other people, um, this is our opportunity to. Help other people. I mean, I'm not an expert builder by any means, but I can still help other people by sort of inspiring them and building their confidence level and saying, "Well, you know, I I swung a hammer, swung a hammer before I started building my own tiny house, but the, still, the list of things I didn't have any idea about was much longer. Right? Um, you just and you don't worry about answering all the questions at the beginning. You just kind of dive in and buy your trailer and kind of just handle it one step at a time. So I think how well um, and how quickly uh, the tiny house movement is going to depend a lot on how the, the people that go forward, the people that have done it first, um, help build the momentum and the enthusiasm for the people that come in.
2: Mm-hmm. It's funny, too, because there's this... this in the, the As I see the tiny house movement kind of growing and maturing, there's like this... Um, uh, what would you say bookends bookends of, of population when you think about the demographics you have these younger people that are getting into building their tiny houses but these tend to be single people I mean there are some couples and people with children who are doing this but most of them seem to be young and and single and then they build their tiny homes and they live in, it in a while and they meet somebody and then they start playing a family and they have to move out of their tiny home right. and then on the other side you have people like yourself who are Empty nesters, kind of, are getting in that dire- going in that direction and wanting to kind of uh, simplify them, their lives and scale down. And so that, that large group in the middle, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that works. And you see, uh, I was watching one of the tiny house television shows where they were trying to get, not trying, but they were working families into tiny houses. And I'm like, I'm not sure that really fits. A family <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Well, and some of the, the, the tiny house TV shows I've seen, too, were like, no, it's 600 square feet or 550. Yeah. It's like, well, by most tiny house definitions, that, that's not really a tiny house. That's a right. bungalow. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. That's you
1: know. a 1920s, yeah. Exactly. Salt box. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. not on wheels and doesn't meet a lot of the other yeah. kind of specifications. Yeah. Um, one of the funny things I remember, uh, we actually heard, before the Dee's book was released, we actually heard her read a couple chapters from it. And uh, one of the funny things is, I can't remember now, but she whittled her life down to like, it was something like 200 things. Yeah. Right, to move into her tiny house. And she was very funny in reading the story because it was, uh, I don't know if it made it the final copy of the book because I didn't read it, but it was basically talking about something that she dropped and broke. And she said, you know, great. Now, is this seven things or one? <laughs> <laughs> it was in seven pieces. So, um, but I think, you know, that's obviously one of the big lifestyle changes for people too is, you know, you can't be looking around your your quote unquote house that you live in looking at a tiny house you're not looking around I'm assuming going what do I need to get rid of it's the opposite question It's yeah. what can I keep what do I want to keep right. other than that everything else mm-hmm. goes right right
1: which is um you know I have just I've talked to a couple of the the tiny house uh, producing companies that are producing the tv shows and I think in the end, you know, at this point, I haven't gotten selected to be featured, which is totally cool because that means I don't have anyone looking over my <laughs> shoulder while I build and make mistakes. But at the same time, for me, um, when you talk about minimalism and we talk about downsizing and we talk about like for me, there's no drama. It just makes perfect sense for me. My um, I live in a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, quarter acre kind of suburban um, lifestyle with my two kids. They're both in college my house is going to turn into three houses so although i still have a lot of <clears throat> downsizing to do at the same time it's like a perfect time most of the time people will wait to do their downsizing um, until well after their children have moved out right, right. and oh well we don't need this four-bedroom house or whatever anymore for me i'm doing it now Wyatt, you get the couch, and Lissa, you get the kitchen, and they both get, of course, the contents of their bedrooms. And and then in my garage, I have these bins. I'm a bin whore. And I have these bins, and every bin has a label on it of what's in the bin. And so, again, you get the camping bin, and you get the auto bin, and you get the garden bin. And so I don't necessarily have to get rid of everything and never have access to it again. Um, they'll have it. I'll have it. I might even. I'm not exactly a purist when it comes to minimalizing. I'll probably end up with a small storage unit somewhere for uh, seasonal clothing and you know holiday decorations. So I'm not exactly a purist, but again, I think the movement in general just appeals not only to those bookend populations, but it just has so much flexibility for everything in between. Again, people ask me, "Well, you know, are you still? Are you really gonna live in it?" Yeah, I think so. But if I don't, that's okay too. I mean I can rent it out on Airbnb. I can use it for a studio space or craft space. I can tow it to my son's college and he can live in it and save himself the dorm fee. I mean there's just so even if it's not to build a tiny house, to move into a tiny house, to eliminate your mortgage, which is my goal, there's just so much flexibility in what tiny houses has to offer. I mean it's it's really pretty cool. I've thought about Doing a restaurant, I've, it's just it's it's a really cool concept. That once you really start to think about it, it's it's really inspiring. And for those of us that are creative types, it just lights up our synapses. And we, <laughs> I'm I'm very excited about again the opportunity to build my own house and and just see where life takes me with it. I don't even have to know where I'm going to park it or if I'm ever going to live in it. I'm. It's just that's why it's on wheels.
2: That's fantastic, and probably a great. Great uh, segue to the uh, the interview that we're going to have coming up here with uh, Darren Williams, right? Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. awesome. Right. yeah, I've met
1: him several times. How have you you've met Darren? Yep.
0: yep, two or three times at least.
2: Yeah, I think I've met him once or twice. I met him at the tiny house, the pad at tiny the, house at the mixer, and you know, then out said, at his office. Yeah yeah. office. yeah, yeah, he's got some beautiful. He he does some beautiful work. Yeah. Yeah, so, I
1: met him. Uh, I met him originally at a pad mixer, and then when I was being interviewed by one of the TV shows, they had told me, Michelle, you have to have a sidekick. Right. Not, you know, it's not the Michelle show, as mm-hmm. much as I would love that. <laughs> um, it's not the Michelle show. You have to have a sidekick. And um, my boyfriend, my significant other, said, no way. I'm not going to be on TV. So I had to <laughs> find a side. So Darren and I sat down and had din- dinner together, and we kind of discussed the... The notion of he would be my sidekick for my build, but as it turns out, right about that same period of time, he got orders for like eight houses or something, and wow. and he just said, "I'm just too busy." So that so that's that. But so I've uh I again I I know him fairly well, but at the same time, there's just a ton of stuff I don't know about him as well. So I'm really looking forward to, to learning more about him and and his uh, side of the time. So house are we? Movement. Yeah, yeah, it's,
2: it's gonna be fun. gonna be a great interview.
0: Okay. All right, well, let's let's get to that. We'll wrap and we'll get to it. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or whatever tiny house loving bastard tiny house podcast is probably made in portland oregon